Welcome back to the Pet Cash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. Today's interview kicks off a new series where I talk with founders, investors, athletes, and some of the smartest people helping to build the future of sports. Today's guest was CJ Watson. He's a former NBA player, having spent time with the Golden State Warriors, Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers, and the Orlando Magic. He's now an angel investor, entrepreneur, and has authored three books. We talk about a bunch of things from NIL to his journey in basketball to transitioning out of it and becoming an investor and how he's sourcing his deals and some of the investments he's made in the last couple years. We also talk a little bit about pickleball. I think it's a great conversation. You'll enjoy it. Short 20-minute one. That's what we're going to try to aim from the 20 to 30-minute range. But anyway, make sure to give this a five-star review. Share it with others you think will find interesting, and we'll have a bunch more cool guests on over the next couple weeks. Let's dive in. CJ, what's up, brother? Appreciate you coming on. It's been a long time coming. We've interacted on Twitter, email, all kinds of stuff. So it's good to have you on, just have a conversation. You've had a lot going on over the last five years since since finishing up your career. I'm just curious what that transition's been like. Uh, it's been pretty cool. Like I said, it's not hasn't been like uh, hard as I guess maybe most athletes have been uh, because when I was younger, my mom always had me doing seminars and going to conferences and stuff like that. So I always was kind of prepared for the next the next uh, stage or next level of what I was going to do. Um, but I kind of just flowed kind of right into it. Um, started to be an author. I never wanted to be an author. It just kind of just happened. I wanted to continue to tell my story. Uh, kind of got dabbled into the VC, the angel investing world. Um, I, that kind of intrigued me um, ever since I even played. So um, having a little bit of equity into a company kind of really just opened my, highlight, my eyes to different things and different businesses and ventures. So I just try to do a little bit of everything, but also just try to stay, stay busy also. Yeah, and I think that's key. Uh, now, have you been doing a lot of this stuff before? Like while you're playing, were you setting up some of it? Were you thinking about it? Or did it kind of just all end and then you're jumping right into the business side of, of life? Uh, it kind of just really just happened, like I said. But um, during my playing days in the summer times, I would go to internships at ESPN. I went to internships at Google, uh, did, did a couple of real estate internships. But those are things that interest me. So I always wanted to stick into do things that interest me and see like um, what their day in the life would be like if I stopped playing right now, if I would like to do it or if their if their jobs or careers kind of interest me. So I think that's what uh, just kept me busy throughout the throughout my playing career. So you're natural curious person kind of like myself yeah. what are what are those internships like what like what were they like did they tailor them towards you were they was it you with a bunch of like college kids or how did that go about it was actually me and a couple of the nba players a couple of the internships i was by myself um like at ea sports i got to see how they made video games i got to see what went into it um uh all the all the process all the ins and outs of making a video game and then real estate i got to see what they did in real estate, um, how they made deals, how how do you kind of really uh, set up a, a price for a house, things of that nature. So um, it kind of just gave me the ins and outs of things you, that you don't see from afar. And would you say that basketball has had, a, has had a good impact on, we talk about a lot of, you just look at sports, you look at VC, you look at anything, you see a lot of high performers and a lot of them credit a lot of their success to sports. Would you say that's similar to you? You've had a similar experience uh, where it's kind of set the foundation or what are your thoughts around that? Oh yeah, for sure. I think sports makes it way more easier. I think anyone wants to be around a professional athlete, whether they're famous or not. Um, I think everyone just gravitates towards athletes for some reason. Um, even like your newsletter that I read all the time, uh, um, the athletes have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of power that they really don't know or understand. 
Um, I think so now. I think their athletes are starting to figure out, you know, all the power that they have and kind of use it to get equity to get ownership in these certain kind of companies and things of that nature. Yeah, and I want to pull it back a step because now we're seeing with NIL transfer portals opened right now. It's going crazy. There's like a thousand kids in the first couple of days. Deion Sanders gets hired at Colorado. Right. I personally, I'd love to play for him. I'm just curious your Me thoughts. Too. Number one on just the transfer portal, and then also mm-hmm. Dion. If he's like a coach, you would love to play for and be a part of. Uh, I definitely would love to play for him. He's uh, encouraging. Uh, he's definitely been there before, played at the highest level, and obviously was a great player in his own right. So uh, I would love to play for any former player like that. Um, but uh, I don't really watch football, honestly, that much. Um, I'm not really into the transfer portal, honestly. I don't really watch a lot of college uh, stuff, but I'm starting to get into it more since my dollar plays volleyball. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, uh, where she wants to go and what interests her and just try to stay a step ahead of the game with the transfer stuff just so I can, you know, kind of help guide her. And what differences are you seeing now? Uh, I'm definitely intrigued because you went through the process and recruiting uh, back in the early 2000s. Now your daughter's going through it. There's NIL, there's social media. There's all these things that didn't really exist when you were playing. Right. What's what's the difference? Like, what are you seeing? How much different does it look? What are you doing to make sure she's in a good spot for obviously the main thing is to play and, and she plays volleyball, correct? Right. Correct. Yeah. The main thing is volleyball. Yeah. Yeah, Now, what is like the, what are the side things? What is the NIL piece? Like, how do you put it all together? Because there's a lot more for recruits and just athletes in general now than there were probably when you were going through it or even me going through it about seven years ago. Right. I think the biggest thing is, it's like you said, the NIL part um, and the money part. And now they, back when I played, I guess you can hide the money and say people, you know, you, you guess that people got money or whatever. They went to a certain school. Now it's really not hiding it. It's basically out in the open. And uh, now you, uh, guys or guys or girls are asking, you know, what can I get from an NIL perspective uh, from this specific college if I go there? So I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and I think just for my daughter, I just think just trying to get her mentally to where she can play it at whatever level she's capable of playing at. And then also just being able to sustain that throughout the four or five years she'll be there. And you have three daughters. What's that been like for you to, and I don't know if you have brothers or anything growing up, but to have three daughters and just to see the whole female side of sports, are you doing anything, making any investments, putting any resources, effort? We'll get to your books in a sec. I know that's a big piece of it, but to help grow the women's game as well, because I'm sure that's more of an emphasis for you now that you have some stake in it with your daughters. Yeah, I would love to be an investor in like a volleyball uh, pro league, especially in America, because for volleyball players, they have to go overseas to play. So I think that would be definitely something I would be interested in or, or pickleball, something like that, you know. Yeah, uh, we've been uh, we've been working around the pickleball a little bit. Right. We've been trying to figure it out, get that right. team in Vegas, have C.J. Watson squad, right. get yeah, some pickleball. You play pickleball at all? No, I don't, but this summer I'm going to get out there. Several people have asked me, so I'm going to get out there for sure this summer and try to, you know, break out of yeah. retirement and get out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say next. I mean, I, I graduated like 18 months ago, and I haven't really touched a ball. Have you right. been – playing ball at all do you still go around and shoot or, or does basketball kind of just like for me it just like stopped did it was that the same for you or how did you ease out of it because now I'm playing golf pickleball doing triathlons like I got to keep right. that athletic yeah I'm, I'm thinking about boxing what, what have you what have you been doing for that yeah so for basketball once I was done I just felt like uh, I gave basketball everything I had so I'm just done with basketball but I played here and there uh, like the past uh, year or so but now I'm just completely done um 
I can't do it anymore because guys just come at me because I'm a former NBA player and try to, you know, <laughs> make a highlight or whatever. So <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to be in no highlights. <laughs> yeah, the, the cameras come out and the, you know, right. all the mixtapes, all the between hezzies. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I know how it is. Um, that's why no gear ever at the gym. It's just right. plain white tees and, right. and uh, the beater. Uh, but, but yeah, no, that's it's funny. Now, I want to pull that another string on that. So you say, okay, basketball, it ends, it's done. You put everything into it. I did the same thing. I, I would argue that most athletes are the same way. Right. What does the average day for you look like now? So average day for me, honestly, just depends. Uh, they're all different. Uh, but on the regular, my average day is always waking up uh, in the morning, uh, taking my kids to school, getting them ready. Uh, after drop-off, coming back home, maybe doing laundry, um, checking emails, uh, looking at different kind of investments, pitch decks, things of that nature. And then uh, just working on my book, like you said. Um, and then after that afternoon time, going back in the, the car line and doing that hectic stuff with the, with the <laughs> kids and crazy parents. So, uh, And then taking my kids to practice also. So like I said, every day is different, but it's also kind of the same in, in, a, in a gesture. No, the running the whole dad life. That's awesome. Yeah, I said but, page, page chauffeur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I guess that's a good that's a good point. We'll get to this is obviously more of a sports business podcast, so we definitely want to get to the business side of things, angel investments. But a huge piece of what you've done is you've authored three books, and you don't see too many athletes do that at all. Um, the only one I knew really before you was Chris Paul, and it was kind of around his grandfather. And you have written three of them, and they're all you. I don't know if Chris wrote his or not. But uh, just explain that process, what went into it, why you did it. It's five stars on Amazon. It's like a bunch of reviews. I, uh, I, actually, I actually bought it um, yeah, for my cousin, it. for my younger cousin for, for Christmas before we got on the interview. I was just researching your stuff. I was like, hey, this is perfect. Oh, but uh, side note there, I'm just curious about that, all of that that went into it. Uh, so for me, like I said before, I, I would never plan on being an author. I was just honestly sitting on my couch one day and I was done playing. I was like, how can I continue to inspire uh, young kids, uh, especially kids that look like me and maybe come from the same areas as me? And uh, I said, I want to continue to tell my story. So that was just uh, my, my emphasis to, to write a book. So I went to one of my old coaches who uh, I knew was an author. I asked him what the process was, what his process was, how did, how did it work, how did it happen? And I introduced me to this lady and we started talking for four or five months and went over every detail of the story that I wanted to get out. And then, you know, that's the, how the first book came about. And then I said, I have more stories. <laughs> so I wanted to keep telling stories. So um, the second one came, the third one came, and then now I'm working on my fourth one right now. So just uh, I want to continue to tell my story and help inspire kids to, to dream big and to just work hard for their dreams. That's awesome. I love it. I actually, uh, one of the things that I did when I was stopped playing was I wrote a recruiting book just to help kids go through it, made it real right. cheap. Um, so it's similar type process. And that's why I write just to clear my mind. It helps me see right. the bigger picture on everything. So I'm sure you see it the same way. And, and actually I was looking at your LinkedIn a little bit before and you have this quote on there, give back the knowledge you have received. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of curious of how that relates to the book and then just what that means to you in general. Uh, so growing up, my parents always took me and my brother to uh, nursing homes. Uh, we were big in church, so going to feed the homeless, things of that nature. And so many people, you know, poured confidence and belief into me, even when I probably didn't believe in myself. So my goal is to always give back to those, you know, the next generation to to help them do the same thing. Because someone took the time to to talk to me and maybe encourage me or give me a pointer here and there, and I can do the same thing. I must say, you are very good at uh, relationship building, networking. Um, you've done it with me. I'm sure you do it with a ton of other people. 
And I think that's a good kind of segue into the angel investing part because so much of it is deal flow mm -hmm. and relationships and knowing the right people. Right. Uh, I picked up, I know that your business partner, one of them is Rashawn Williams. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Um, so like, I'm just kind of curious, like your setup from an angel investing, how you're sourcing deal flow, if you're partnered with VCs or private equity firms, if you're doing it all yourself or just kind of that process as a whole and what it looks like for you. Uh, so mostly I do all my uh, deal flow through Rashawn and uh, his VC and also Tribe Capital. Um, I met a guy there named Andrew. So they both give me insight, uh, good and bad, and tell me when I do things good, when I do make bad decisions. Uh, so that's always a good thing. But they always give me knowledge, which is a, is a great thing. Uh, they told me several books to read, so I got those books and read them. So I always just try to do things like that just to hide my knowledge because I don't know everything in the VC game or angel investing game. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can uh, in a short, short period of time because I'm kind of uh, behind the curve because I didn't really get into it late. So I was more concerned about basketball and stuff like that. So, But I try to do uh, some deals on my own, but I also just go to them for knowledge and before I make any decisions. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's what it's all about. Learn from the people that know. It's the same right. people who go to you for basketball or right. or whatever it is. I'm just curious on on a side note of that. Are there certain types of deals you look at? Do you look at everything? Because I know some athletes are very much focused on what they know best. At least at right. the start, they go fitness or wellness. You see that all the time. Yeah. Or they go, you know, athlete creator type stuff. And then we had the car dealerships, restaurants in the past. Right. Is yours pretty broad? Are you pretty narrow? Or what does that look like? And then any companies that kind of fit into it? Uh, mine is kind of broad, but uh, I think my whole uh, thing is just investing with people who have done it before. Um, also investing with people who uh, put skin in the game, but also investing with uh, something that's going to change the world and it's going to better the world or better the, the people in the world. So I think those are my the, my biggest kind of pointers to what I look for into a company. It seems like you're a people investor where you're going to go more for the founders more so than the idea. And it's obviously always a combination of both, but you see it both ways. Some people are more the numbers and the idea and the market. And then right. some people are more the the people. Would you say you fall more on the people side? And if so, why is that? Uh, I think I fall more on the people side. I just uh, believe in the, having a good relationship with the founders and believing in the founders. Uh, believing that this founder is a person who can handle adversity. Uh, maybe there's going to be times in business, obvious, obviously in any business, it might uh, not, might not be the best spot. So how can this founder get them out of that spot and, you know, in, in typical scale and, and get better? So I think that's what I kind of look for in founders, just that, that, uh, that courage, that, that fight and belief in, in yourself and in the company. You ever think about starting a company yourself? Or are you going to go more on the, the <laughs> investing side and then maybe later on? Cause you kind of see a little bit of that now with athletes yeah. where eventually they just go, wait a second, it's cool to own, you know, right. a couple percent of a company. Right. But what if I own 70, 80 percent of it and then I have investors in it? Um, I'm in Shumpert. He's a he's a big he has some funny beliefs around that. I'm just curious right. what your thoughts are around more the investing versus the entrepreneurship side, because like your books, you own 100 percent. Right. Uh, I think I want to stick to more than investing. Uh, I'm trying to get my wife to to start a company like a kid's company or something like that. So mm -hmm. I can kind of back her and uh, kind of go raise money of that nature. But I don't really want to do it. <laughs> no, I feel you. The founders. I mean, you got to be a different breed and yeah. uh, we, stress, it's almost, a lot of stress. In that. Oh, so much stress. <laughs> a lot of people. And, and the one thing I laugh about is people always think, oh, founding your, your company, starting one. And it's right. great. It, it really is. There, there's freedom to it. 
Right. But you're still an employee in a sense. Your employee isn't a boss. Your employee is your investors, right. your customer. You're still an employee almost to everyone. You got to report to all these people. Right. Um, so that's why I'm definitely lean more on the investing side as well, where it's like, hey, let me add value in as many right. ways as possible. Let me connect you with people like CJ and right. let's go do this thing. Let me support you. I guess kind of if, if you want to, you don't have to if you don't want to, but if you could highlight some of the angel invest- investments you've made and some of the companies and uh, how you think they're going to they're going to change the future. Uh, so I invest in Instacart, uh, Toro, uh, a company called Zenwater uh, behind me and Genius Juice. Uh, I think those are two big companies that are going to do well. Um, I just like I said, I just like those companies because they, they change. They're, they're healthy, which I like to be healthy. Uh, I'm not vegan, but kind of like plant based. Uh, have a cheat meal every now and then. Uh, but I think these companies are going to change, change the world and continue to grow. So I think that's why I wanted to be a part of it. I think that's a big piece of it too. I always um, see people that you got to buy the product, you got to use the product there. Right. Yeah. And that's why you see some of these athletes now that they get behind and you seems like you've done the same thing with Zen water. I'm sure you had it before you invested in it. And we've seen it with whoop and, and Therabody, Like you said, there's yeah. a bunch of athletes in that one. Um, it's like, you can believe in it. You can make money from it as well. And you're going to use it. So if you're right. going to use it anyway, you might as well, you might as well own it. Are you mostly on the angel investing side? Do you dabble? I know you talked about real estate a little bit, but what does your kind of portfolio look like? You don't have to give me percentages or anything, but do you have a dabble in a little bit of each stock market? Are you purely, you know, more on the angel side? Uh, purely just more on the angel side. Um, I used to have a couple of rental houses, but we sold them uh, right after COVID. Um, but uh, hit the probably, top of the market on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I try to. I want to get back into the the real estate game. Uh, just maybe owning a couple of houses, maybe multiplex or duplex, something like that. Um, but uh, for now, um, just mostly angel investing. It's a it's a long time frame. Right. Have yeah. you seen any? Are you starting to kind of get to the to the later stage where there might be an acquisition or an IPO? Or have you, has it been more recent where you're still kind of in the early stages and, and seeing some good, some bad? Because everyone that starts angel investing, they said there's like year four or year right. five yeah. where everything's like either really good or it starts, you know, some of the companies right. start falling off. Where are you in that process? Uh, so most of the uh, investments that I've done have been late stage. So late stage uh, investments are, you know, maybe a two to three year period, uh, not like you're mostly early stage, yep. maybe like seven to 10 or whatever. So. Um, uh, Toro is actually supposed to go public. Uh, it didn't go pu- public because of the market and also Instacart. So those two were, would have been, you know, some good, some good ones to, to get back, but hopefully, you know, within the next year or so, they'll maybe go public. Yeah. And what is your preference around the late stage? If you can just dive into that a little bit deeper. Uh, I just like that because like I said, I get my money back. I'm not, I don't really have, uh, the funds of that I used to have of getting, getting the big checks in the NBA. So uh, I'm going to live on a budget and retire life. So I got to kind of plan out for, for every, every year, every couple of years. So that's why I like late stage better instead of holding the money for a seven to 10 year period and hoping it goes public or gets acquired. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. You see a lot of the athletes do that. Um, just quicker time frame. Right. I don't want to say safe, but a lot safer yeah. than investing <laughs> in an early stage company and just an idea. Right. When we, when we talk about, you talked about Rashawn Williams a little bit and your business partner and doing deal flow through that. Are there any other, like, what does your team look like? Like, do you have a bunch of other people? Do you have obviously like Rashawn, do you have a financial advisor? Do you have lawyers taxed? Like, do you have, what does that look like? What are the different verticals for you? Yeah. So I have a lawyer, I have a CPA, uh, financial advisor. Um, but obviously I work with Rashawn and like I said, the other guy, uh, Andrew at tribe capital, uh, so whenever I get deal flow or anything that looks 
something that I want to invest in, I always send it to my lawyer or financial advisor and have him look over it, see if he sees any any cracks or anything like that. And if he doesn't, then I kind of just go go with my gut and then go with the information that I get from the pitch decks and uh, any information like that in the data flow. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. What uh, I kind of want to pull it back here for a second. It's related to that, but something with when I was in college, my teammates were learning all this. We're reading books. We start dabbling in the stock market a little bit. And we still talk all the time, every day. Hey, look, I, I saw this, you know, cool stock. Or I saw this. And do you have those relationships with either former NBA players? Or I know you played in Europe. If any of those guys, college guys, do you still have that kind of circle where you do not only financial stuff, but just anything? Are you in touch with a lot of these guys? Yeah, yeah. Some of my old, old teammates, uh, even friends like I grew up with uh, who have careers and stuff now, they dabble in the stock market. Uh, we always send different uh, different companies that to to look out for in the stock market, but also former athletes. We always send pitch decks about companies that they might be interested in or they might get into, and might give me the option to get in with them. Um, and also like real estate stuff too. Some of my teammates uh, do real estate, and try to get me to to go in with them uh, on building houses and stuff like that. So I think it's just always good to have those different avenues of different people and different uh, different genres to to tap into. And now, did you see that change during the, your career? Because you also, I know we, we touched on it a little briefly on how much it changed, but you kind of came into the NBA around the same time social media is just blossoming, the right. same time athletes and their you know power, influence, and ability to go do deals and, and get into this kind of stuff is skyrocketing, right. NIL obviously of late. But you kind of rose, like you rode that wave up. Did you see that like in the locker room or with teammates or just kind of in the media? Did you feel it or did you kind of look back now and kind of just have that hindsight view of like, oh, yeah, I saw how this all played out? Yeah, I really saw it. Yeah, and mostly uh, I was a lower total pole guy, but uh, so mostly the I don't know about that. You're you're a ball man. <laughs> the the bigger the bigger deals are like equity deals or for the superstar players or franchise players. But uh, there was a couple of companies that I got in and got some equity in, which was which was good and kind of got my feet wet in the in the equity and angel investing world. So that's how I kind of got into it. But I definitely saw the the change and the trend, and uh, it's definitely getting bigger and bigger every day. Yeah, any players that kind of go under the radar on the business sense, like I would say you're one of the most underrated. There should be way more press and just people talking to you about this stuff. You do one of the best jobs of anyone. Are there any other players? Cause we all hear about Steph and Kevin yeah. Durant and mm-hmm. LeBron, but of course they should get in whatever they want. It's, right. it should be easy for them. Are there any other guys that kind of fly under the radar that you think do a fantastic job? Uh, for me, just the guys that I know, uh, cause I play with them, uh, Baron Davis, uh, Al Harrington, uh, those two guys are, uh, kind of like guys that I look up to and uh, have been mentors for me in the NBA and just off the court also. Uh, so I think those two guys are great business guys, business savvy, and uh, definitely uh, tap into uh, different things, investing and, and stuff of that nature. And uh, as we kind of wrap it up here, uh, I like to keep these short, quick, to the point so anyone can listen anytime. Um, what does the future for CJ Watson look like? I know you got your fourth book on the way. You're going to keep angel investing. Yep. said you're dabbling back in real estate. Your daughter's coming up playing different sports, volleyball. You're a chauffeur. You do. You got all <laughs> these different hats on. What What does the future look like for you? We'll just pin it to the next five to ten years. Uh, just gaining more more knowledge um, uh, about the VC world, about the angel investing world, and hopefully some of these companies, you know, go 10x, 20x. Um, but and then continuing to spread knowledge of what I've learned from other people and just, like I said, just give back and then just being a father and a husband and um, trying to help people along the way. That's awesome. I love it. Well, CJ, I appreciate you coming on. We'll uh, 
obviously keep the conversation going. And, and if anyone wants to reach out to you, uh, if you can just give kind of your socials or, or whatever, um, where they can reach you. Uh, social is uh, quietstorm underscore 32 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't know what my Facebook is, but uh, whatever else, just hit me up, DM me, uh, send me a message, whatever. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was quietstorm underscore 32. Uh, thanks again, CJ, and, and appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate it. Thanks.